Law Focus Podcast. Law Focus Consultant 88.1 Point of Information. It has just gone three minutes after seven and welcome to Law Focus this evening. You are tuned into VFM 88.1 and I am listening to Wendy together with Tepo Mohapi. He says that the song that just played right now is very relevant for the conversation we're going to be having tonight. So no, no, it's relevant for, for the one that just occurred. You know? <laughs> it's a great song that oh one, Shem. Gosh, when, when I was a student, yeah, I know it, it, was, it, was it was the one. But anyway, we're on low, fo- low focus now. Let's forget about the love stuff and let's talk about the more serious one but today's topic is not completely uh, unconnected we're talking about marriages but in the show itself we aim to uh, deal with legal issues and our objective in the show is both to inform you our listener about your legal rights and we discuss uh, the law and make sense of it and try to present it to you in a way that's relevant to you and maybe the way you can experience it make use of it or how you may be exposed to it at some stage in your life and tonight we're going to be discussing marriages. Uh, maybe you're married, maybe you're not married and you want to get married one day. And over the years, the government has passed many different legislations for different types of marriages. We're going to obviously get into that. But uh, if you're not interested in marriage as well, you'd notice, I know it's not the right legal term, but cohabiting happens a lot. Some people call it fat and sit. Um, and legally the right well it's not exactly the same thing and we're going to get into it it's something called universal domestic partnerships you're going to get into that when you are not married in the sense of signing documents but you can prove some kind of commitment of a relationship that you've had and there are actually benefits to that when you uh, separate or when someone uh, dies and such kind of uh, events that take place in life so you would be interested to know how something like that would affect you yeah you would be very interested um so our 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 law in south africa has a couple of uh, matrimonial uh, laws and you know and laws that relate to uh, to matrimony uh, and it's the civil marriages there are two of them the civil union the old civil marriage and the recognition of customary marriages as well and as you Millicent has described there's something called the universal partnership I have particularly strong views on it they're fairly old-fashioned I don't think uh, that they're going to be very popular but I do have them and I've seen how they operate in court and I really I'll tell you how I feel about universal partnerships at a, you know, when the time is right. Uh, but listen carefully. I can't wait because Tepo is a specialist in this. This is his area of expertise. So every, anything he says, it's, it's good advice generally. He's speaking from experience. Well, I mean, I won't be giving advice, but I'm going to give an idea of what I think of, yeah. ma- of universal partnerships and uh, whether they not or not they should exist and so on. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that my, my view is going to be very popular, but <laughs> I'll give it anyway. <laughs> well, we trust your authority. Um, but also to help us dissect the, the conversation further, we're going to be speaking to a principal legal practitioner from Legal Aid South Africa, and his name is Mr. Mahathir Mkapele. He's going to be joining us on the line for the conversation and help us unpack marriage laws in South Africa. Now remember that it's not just us rattling off and you so much as listening there. We want you to be part of the conversation. We want you to take part if you can. And you can do that on Twitter using the... uh 
um, the hashtag, which is, uh, in my age, yeah, sometimes. It gets to you, ne? Yeah, it's at ViaFM using the hashtag Law Focus, and our podcasts are available at iono.fm. You're tuned into the Law Focus on ViaFM 88.1, and coming up after the break are our legal hotspots. I'm Tap Mahapi, and with me is Melissa Nindueni, and we are your hosts uh, for tonight. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. Right, let's jump straight into what is most interesting in the legal field and in the legal world today. It always affects you, hey? It's not something that happens in a vacuum. So, a bill was passed, a uh, Film and Publications Amendment bill was passed uh, uh, recently, which aims to make a number of changes to the laws in respect to film and publication and disseminating of information. Uh, the primary focus of it was to protect children and so on from a harmful content. Uh, but one of the things that uh, have come out of it is the revenge porn uh, thing. So revenge porn is basically when you distribute uh, um, intimate and private images of an individual without their consent. Nowadays a lot of people send nudes and send blood to one another and they sexed and so on and then when the relationship ends uh, the the, the bitter and, uh, and unhappy partner will then distribute these to friends and so on with the hope of embarrassing their former partner. Now, this kind of behavior could lie, could make you liable for, it's an offense now, mm-hmm. and, and you could be fined 150,000 rand or a term of imprisonment not exceeding two years. Um, they could be combined as well. So, uh, a fine and imprisonment. Mm-hmm. And then where the individual is identified or identifiable, in those photographs or images, then it doubles. So then the fine could be up to 300,000 rand and a term of imprisonment not exceeding four years. All right, it's important to note that there isn't a commencement date yet, and so it's not yet effective, but it's a step in the right direction. Let's see just, it's very difficult to regulate the law. It doesn't matter where in the world you are, not the law. It's very difficult to regulate the internet. Uh, no matter where in the world you are. So we'll, it's interesting to see how this will pan out and it's got to be read with our other laws such as domestic violence, harassment, all of those things. And if you read them all together, we may have something that we can work with in court, but let's see how it pans out. Mm, interesting one. Um, also, we found out this morning that Ms. Vatsiswa Ndaka, who is a legendary actress uh, in the South African space and in entertainment industry, wrote an open letter to the Minister of Arts and Culture, basically outlining some of the challenges that people, actors in the entertainment industry face. And some of the allegations that she made, uh, she alluded to include poor remuneration. That's why you wonder why you meet someone who is famous and well-known in a taxi sometimes. Alleged unfair contractual agreements, Mm. unfair treatment by producers, claims of bullying and intimidation. I mean, the list goes on and on. A lot of people did come out in support of her. Some of the people uh, were people like Silo Kamakegangube and Florence Masebe who came out and said, yeah, viva. We definitely do agree with her. The minister has responded thus far to say that he does acknowledge receipts of the, the, the said letter and we'll see how that will pan out for the entertainment industry to see how it will be regulated also in terms of our 
basic conditions of employment act the labor relations because if you work obviously uh, those things should apply to you yeah well i mean i've I've had a few a few instances where i've had to represent fairly well-known artists and i can tell you that that industry for all of the glamour Mm. and glitz that it presents it is brutal Mm. It is savage. What's then law? Because <laughs> law is tough. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is brutal, brutal, brutal. And uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that people are complaining. All right, moving on now to the IPED, the Independent Police Investigative Directorate, which is in the news. I, I don't know whether I've heard them being in the news for good reasons ever in my life, but okay, they're back in the news again. And their reasons, the reason is they're allegedly prematurely closing case without proper investigation so they can meet uh, targets and attract more funding. The allegations that some investigators have been carrying out shortcuts in um, investigations which go back as as far as seven years ago. Um, This comes after a probe by the investigative unit or uh, viewfind and eyewitness news, well, investigative journalists, rather, let's call them that, reviewing a paper trail of reports by the public protector and by IPAD's risk and ethics department, and it points to a systematic failure to properly investigate cases. Um, And some of them have been uh, closed without real investigation, and they include rape, uh, death as a result of police action, and death in police custodies. Now, IPAD has, of course, dismissed these claims, saying there's no evidence that the, the investigation have been prematurely closed. The IPID is an extremely important yeah. body because it, it, it investigates the police mm. and anything that they do. As a member of the public, you should be able to approach them. And I think that this probably isn't going to stop here. They should go a little bit deeper into this to find out really whether uh, the complaints against the police that are investigated by IPID are in fact properly investigated. It's very difficult to get hold of the police and to hold them accountable for anything when the IPID isn't doing its job as is alleged here. Mm. Very difficult. Just quickly, uh, let's delve into the into the um, into the realm of politics. And I, I you know, I, I, we don't normally dabble too much into politics. However, we had the Institute of Race Relations stepping into the political arena last week in a spectacular fashion, yeah. um, where they uh, um, uh, uh, almost stepping on the toes of the processes and and and, and the electoral procedures of the democratic alliance which has caused all sorts of infighting and they haven't backed down it's it's been amazing to see how um, um, uh, the Institute of Race Relations is, has gone from a position of saying well you know it's fair comment to now going to the extent of raising funds to try and save democracy um, I don't know whether there's a long-term future for them as a credible um, institution of research anymore if they are as you know uh, uh, invested in results of particular political, uh, parties. political parties and as, as 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 perhaps as media and as as research institutes quote unquote uh, i think we should be very 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 careful of who it is we take our information from whether they're right or wrong is irrelevant uh, it's our motives um, uh, how we're approaching things and whether or not it is our place to try and dictate to a body what they should or shouldn't do should we not allow that body 
to regulate itself in effect. An independent body. Yes. I mean, the, the Democratic Alliance has got certain uh, criteria and certain processes that it needs it to remove a person, to elect a person, to correct its wrongs, to change direction, and it doesn't need an outsider dictating to it in the name of democracy, quote, unquote. Mm, we'll see how that goes. I feel strongly about that one, You Shema. definitely I, do. I had to We mention. had to go to politics. We had That's to, how no, strongly this matter is. But we had to talk about that. We really did have to talk <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. If, if they had done that to the ANC, people would be talking about it. If they had done that to the EFF, people would be talking about it. The mere fact that it's been done to the Democratic Alliance, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it as well. About it, yeah, yeah, we need to. We need, we need to make whether we agree with what the article says or not is irrelevant. Got to talk about the fact that have they overstepped the mark by trying to dictate to a body, an existing body, what they can and can't do with their own processes. Well, it's just gone quarter past seven and you are tuned into Law Focus with Millicent and Tapo. After this little break that we're going to take, we're going to be speaking to Mahate Nkhapele, who is our attorney this evening representing Legal Aid South Africa. Rounding up all, all the top stories of the week, it's Legal Hotspots. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with VowFam88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. Now, welcome back. Remember, today we're talking about marriages in South Africa, the laws and how they affect you, and also what happens if you don't choose to get married, or rather if you choose not to get married yeah. and you choose to cohabit. Yes. Uh, what are the, the, uh, the available uh, protection for you? Yes, yeah. uh, and to see maybe what a universal partnership. Like I said, I have views on it, and I'll tell you about them. But remember to join us. On Twitter at VowFM using the hashtag LawFocus. Definitely. Right now we are on the line with Mr. Mahate and Khapele. Mr. Mahate, welcome to LawFocus. Uh, thank you. How are you? I can't complain. And how are you, man? Uh, we are very well, thank you. We appreciate you taking your time to come and join us this evening. As you did here, we've been saying we're going to be talking about marriage, and you are aware that this is obviously something that you also have a special in and we want to understand firstly marriage in South Africa is it something that a lot of people actually still want to pursue how important do you think it is uh, for a lot of South Africans uh, yes yeah, there is a great trend of young people who uh, don't get married but choose to live like married couples but I would still say marriage is still very much legally relevant in South Africa because uh, even though people choose not to uh, get married, uh, but live as married couples, we find that there are a lot of disputes uh, that they get into and then they want to separate. And if they are not legally married, uh, you find that they have not formalized their relationship, then it is now a headache for the court to interpret what they are kind of purpose or the arrangements they have, hmm. what's all about. Mm-hmm. Because this people will always be some part of everyday life. So if people are legally married and they've chosen the marital regime, it is easy for the court to officiate on their justice uh, when they want to dissolve their relationship. Yeah. So I would uh, like to say definitely marriage is still uh, legally relevant in South Africa. Mm. So, so obviously it's there to make sure that it protects 
us who when we get into these relationships it just makes it easier um but we also know that there are different types of marriages uh that the south african law recognizes uh, such as the old uh, civil marriage the civil union as well as customary marriage why do you think it's important that the, the our country has these three different legislations rather than just <clears throat> one marriage act that regulates all types of marriages yeah, historically, uh, we have a very divided country with different uh, laws governing different sections of the population. And the dawn of democratic dispensation has also brought about the Bill of Rights, uh, which in the country will find under chapter 2 of Spain. Uh, and to actually qualify what I'm saying, I would say. Uh, in the olden days, civil marriages were entered into by uh, people of European descent and uh, later on uh, to sections of the community that were in urban areas, those who were Christians and uh, the like. And we had customary marriages, which were actually entered into mostly by people in the uh, countryside, governed by their chiefs and kings. Mm. And they were, according to their different traditions, and they were the divide. And the advent of democracy brought about the Bill of Rights. Then we had the Soviet Union getting into play. The uh, mm. Soviet Union uh, Act of 2006, which also legalized same-sex marriages. Uh, several partnerships can be formed by same-sex couples and have the same rights and uh, responsibilities and legal consequences as marriages. Uh, you can uh, test, attest to this that uh, same-sex uh, relationships were found as they were looked as a taboo. But with the bill of rights, uh, all people are equal, and they should and must be seen as equal before the law. And as such, their uh, rights must be protected as equally for uh, the other uh, sections of the collective rights. So if they seek to enter into state marriages, they are free now to enter into those marriages mm. and be regulated as such. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's just changing of the law to suit the circumstances as the country has developed, eh? No, 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 no. Uh, we can't go there to say we're changing the law to suit the circumstances, but the bill of rights, everyone has got the right. Mm. And... With the advent of the Bill of the Right to it doesn't mean that if other people were excluded mm. and fairly so, when the democratic decision dawned on us, we had to re really look into our laws and see if ever our laws fit with all the changes that are happening in the world of recognizing each and every individual's right. right. So, uh, same sex. Uh, partners were excluded and it was found to be unfair so because that was discrimination on the choice of the last that they uh, had yeah. and that was uh, unconstitutional right. as uh, the Bill of Rights says you cannot discriminate against other people because of their uh, religion, religion creed or uh, whatever they choose uh, to be doing uh, unless it, what they are doing is illegal. That would be uh, self-discriminating, but it, there's nothing illegal about uh, them uh, entering into relationships. Right. Now, I often come across people who will say, you know, I got married 
in in let's say in rural Natal. I got married there customarily. And um, the marriage, okay, it wasn't registered or anything like that, but it was a customary marriage. And then they're working in Johannesburg, they fall in love and they get married. And of course, the, the wife in Johannesburg will say, but no, 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 this is a separate woman. I will say, no, 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 it's customary marriage, nothing. I want you to go and sign. And now you find a man who is, strictly speaking, he's married down in Natal, customary, and he's married to somebody else in Johannesburg. What are the consequences of the second marriage? Or the first one, for that matter? Uh, as long as uh, there is proof that there is marriage, uh, customary marriage, which was entered into uh, before, uh, it cannot be uh, overlooked uh, because this man uh, came to the reef and uh, entered into a civil marriage. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, such cases and we've got decisions uh, uh, by the court say the first customary marriage is taken into consideration. Given the uh, merit of each and every case, it will depend as to whether these people are all still alive. If they are still alive, then the civil marriage is uh, null and void. Mm. But there are certain circumstances where you find that uh, people have already uh, passed, some of the parties have already passed on, and the court will weigh uh, as to the prejudice which will be suffered, which will depend on whether uh, what circumstances led to this person uh, marrying uh, the second wife and whether there are issues. And it is in terms of inheritance, we cannot say that then the uh, other wives and uh, their children will never inherit. Then the court will have to decide according to the marriage. And in uh, certain circumstances, you will find that the court will uh, put them at par and say all their marriages are customary marriage and then they will uh, inherit equally as mm. uh, spouses of the deceased. Mm. Mm. And, and, and then another odd one which is relates to customary marriages is you find there's a valid customary marriage but the marriage doesn't then succeed and people say but hang on we are now separating and what they do then is they write a letter from one uh, family to the other family to say, listen, we this marriage between our children is over and we all agree that it's finished. My understanding is that uh, the our, our in our law, a marriage can only be dissolved by death and divorce or divorce. So what happens in a situation where you have a valid custom marriage but a, a, a divorce was never instituted? But between the parties, everybody knows that it's over. What do we do with that kind of situation? Is it over, or do they still need to go for a divorce? Uh, in recent times, that is not a divorce. Uh, all marriages, customary or otherwise, should be dissolved or uh, divorced uh, in a court of law. Uh, okay. I believe, if my memory serves me well, those are happening even before the Black Administration Act or during the times of the Black Administration Act where people were going to vote at the chief scroll or in the magistrate court. Mm. But all marriages now are uh, divorced or dissolved in the uh, court. Mm. Okay. There is the divorce court or the high court. Yeah. Right. Well, we are in conversation with Mr. Mahate Nkhapele, who is a legal practitioner from Legal Aid, and he is helping us to unpack everything that we would like to know about marriage laws in South Africa. So, Mr. Mahate, we, uh, we're going to just move the conversation a bit now to speaking about universal partnerships, which we understand 
um, maybe you can just define it for us. What should we understand universal partnerships as and how uh, are they different to marriage? Oh, universal partnerships are what uh, most of us in South Africa uh, would refer to as a pattern set, cohabitation. Uh, it's where two unmarried parties have lived together for an extended period and they usually share responsibilities and obligations that are like uh, married couples. Uh, they may have an express or tacit agreement in place uh, pertaining to how their income, expenses, assets are dealt with. But in South Africa, <coughs> it doesn't automatically grant uh, parties who cohabit legal rights. They have to prove that their cohabitation amounts to a universal partnership. Uh, that's uh, the level that I can shed light on. Mm. Now, now, now I, I was saying to the listeners a little bit earlier that I've got some strong views about universal partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder, from my... Now, I'm just going to tell you what I think, that should they have a place in our law... Why is it that an individual who says, but I do not want the burdens, the problems, the issues of a marriage, for example, the obligation to support, blah, 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 all of the obligations that come with a marriage, I don't want them. But should this relationship end, I want at least the benefits of the separation. Why should the law, and in fact South Africa at all, recognize such a marriage? Why don't the parties simply get married? Let me frank, uh, let me be frank and <coughs> make it this situation akin uh, to a situation where uh, somebody who is a father uh, has got an option to adopt a child but doesn't adopt this child but looks after this child who is not biologically his mm. and uh, he's been looking after this child, having all obligations on this child and then upon his death, this child is left with nobody to take care of it. It is the wishes of the deceased to have taken care of this child. So we cannot leave the child and say because the child is not biologically his, it is not his responsibility to maintain. The child can still claim mental, uh, uh, support from the estate of this deceased person as long as the child can prove that uh, the deceased has been maintaining this child all along, and his intention was to continue maintaining this child. So, if two other people elect to live together, and they either tactically or implicitly so, uh, share all the benefits, and uh, as I've already indicated, it would be unfair of us to say this person, if they die uh, interstate, then the, their entire estate should devolve to the uh, blood relatives uh, omitting this person and if the intention uh, displayed was for the disease to have uh, carried on living with this person as uh, partners uh, that were uh, to enjoy all the labor uh, and uh, profits of their uh, ethics. Mm. So, the law is there to try and harmonize uh, whatever uh, and regulate whatever 
agreements or uh, for a be- lack of better word, I would say uh, a situation that we as individual people uh, create. For us. Okay. I, I, I do but hear th- that advisable. one. That's why I'm, uh, in my first uh, answer, I said it is always advisable for people to make that decision. Mm. If ever you uh, engage in uh, such, uh, you must have an agreement in writing mm. so that the court should be able to easily uh, navigate through uh, your intentions and to... Be able to uh, I, I... I, I recognize your your example where the where the universal partnership is dissolved by by death. All right, mm-hmm. one can be sympathetic in that situation, but in mm-hmm. in 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 many cases you find that people want to dissolve a universal partnership uh, uh, because the relationship has ended, and one party will. And it's often the man will say, I don't know what she's talking about. What universal partnership? I just lived with this person for, for eight years. years. I don't know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then the wife will say, or the, the, the other partner will say, no, but I gave him the best 20 years of my life. He says, but why didn't you marry? And it's that kind of disconnect that I complain about because now we burden the system with having to go through each and every little intention. Well, not each and every, but to create you know, the situation where we recognize all the requirements of universal partnership, whereas if it was a marriage, we could just say, oh, you're married, in or out of community or property, with or without the accrual, okay, this is how we're going to do it. But this... Yes, I'm just saying that this universal partnership thing creates a very big burden. Even a single case can run for months through litigation simply based on the fact that there isn't really any cogent agreement there. But but we can work um, uh, relationships which have got uh, marital characteristics from other uh, relationships that exist and are uh, also resolved by our cause. I will equate this with a simple example of uh, undue enrichment. One could also argue that if you did not have an agreement with the owner of the property that you are linking you, so why should you go and improve and expect that person to reinvest you at a later stage? So why should you divorce this one of uh, personal relations between people from other several uh, cases which take the very same form? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, it's a tough I one. Yes. Well, <laughs> well he will never be satisfied. No, he will. No. Ne- he, he already. He's determined that it's wrong. Get married if you want to get married. Uh, don't get married if you don't want to get married. I'm, I'm really, uh, and know. don't enjoy the benefits of yeah. marriage. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. If you find two lawyers in the same room, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can then tell us what are the requirements for this partnership. You know that make it so special and so it's so important uh, that that the law has seen it fit that it needs to be protected so much, so similarly to, to a marriage. Uh, what should a person who wants to get into this kind of partnership know? That's why I, uh, I have alluded to the fact that you cannot just uh, be in a relationship with a person and then after some few months you claim universal uh, partnership. Uh, hence I've said the parties must have lived together for an extended period. 
Do we know uh, what extended buses. period means? Is there any... Uh, it will uh, depend on case case, but uh, believe me, it will be... Uh, the court will look uh, into each and every case, uh, to the merits of each and every case, and what was the uh, intention of those parties. But okay. believe me, an extended period of time should be a reasonable extended period of time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to uh, just put a, a, number, a, figure, yeah. Yeah. a, a period to eat. Hmm. Because uh, as uh, our court always judge each and every case according to its merit, uh, they will have to determine that. But believe you me, if people have stayed together for 12 months, I don't think that is extended period of time. That is my own opinion to the thing. Hmm. Uh, but arguments can be based on uh, uh, the merit of each and every case and whether what do those people share responsibilities and obligations like married couples of a joint household etc etc yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, well okay i wanted now to 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 we, we, we we've discussed when you're married okay fine we've discussed when you're not married and you have universal partnership and i now see there's a trend i don't know if it's new or not but it's sitting on my a few of them have now arrived at my desk and i'm perplexed because mm-hmm. you find that People are married out of community of property, without the accrual, and then in you order to make... the listener, uh, the accrual, oh, okay. uh, and without so the accrual. if you're married in community of property, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine, okay? If you're married out of community of property, it means what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. Mm. If you're married out of community of property with the accrual, it's still what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. But at the dissolution of the marriage, we then see how much your estate has grown, how much my estate has grown, and there's a trade-off between us at the, at the dissolution of the marriage. Mm. It's a very equitable yeah. system, right? Okay, so we have now, if we go back to our question, we have people who are married in, uh, out of community of property and they've excluded the accrual. Both of them, they've agreed, no accrual. Mm. And then at the divorcing time, they say, but we've got a universal partnership. <laughs> and I say to myself, but how, why, why are we allowing this? Uh, 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 does it make so any sense? That is so confusing though. So you are married in community sense? of property? Out, out of community out of, of property, yeah. But when the, when the uh, marriage comes to an end, then people are now saying that it's a universal partnership. Yeah, okay, let, let, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, sir. Let me just explain to the, to, to the listener very quickly. So if you're married in community of property, everything is shared, yeah. more or less. I'm just quickly, quickly, a 50-50, right? If you're married out of community of property, then two separate estates and then you can also add the accrual to it which regulates how you're going to divide any accrual that okay right but there's also a now a trend that i'm picking up where people are made out of community of property and they've excluded the accrual by agreement they exclude the accrual so what's mine is mine what's yours is yours of course you can still claim a, a rehabilitative maintenance all those things but then they also say but we have a universal partnership, say in respect of a house or in respect of a business or in respect of, I don't know, an investment investment, or something along those lines. What's your take on that, sir? Uh, I I don't think we'll do justice uh, to this question because I am uh, in support of you, but if ever there is a marital regime which is chosen, we have to sit by that marital regime Mm. up until dissolution. Mm. We cannot be jumping to say... Uh, because uh, uh, the marriage don't suit our cases, then now 
we want to invent something that was not uh, there in the first place because mm. if there was a universal partnership, there shouldn't have been a marriage out of community property without alcohol. Mm. Mm. Because mm. the, the because I won't be uh, doing justice if because we are swimming in the boat in the same uh, lake. Me and you on, this, uh, oh, on that one. Uh, okay, so I see. I, it wonders somebody who strongly believes that they they have a thing because uh, I will definitely uh, challenge such things. Then don't matter. Okay, okay. Do you do do you see the future of marriage in South Africa? Um, uh, you know, across the world, I'm, 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 I I could stand corrected, but more and more young people are less interested in marriage than they were before. Do you see marriage? as still being the the the, the, the you know the, the the route to go or do you see the universal partnerships becoming more and more uh, part of and you know co-parenting and so on becoming more and more part of our society should attorneys and uh, you know listeners and everybody else ready themselves for this slight changes that are coming uh, i believe uh, we have a lot of marriages in south africa and we have a lot a great lot of differences uh, happening and remarriages mm. uh, but i believe uh that our public are not uh, well connected with this uh, other types of marital regimes because people when they marry uh, it's always in commercial property mm. yeah. and there is a belief that if you marry out of commercial property it means there is no love why do you want to keep other properties <laughs> as yours and mine as mine? And this is a very uh, a bad precedent because uh, actually marriage out of commercial properties can also save uh, the spouses mm. because if you're married out of property without accrual, uh, then why do you have to think about divorce and protection? Because each other is for the children, the children will always be pro- provided for in the maintenance act. Mm. They don't follow the marital regime of parents. So if you are business people, why marry in commercial property? Because the other one will also uh, drag uh, the one into their death, business yeah. death. Mm-hmm. But if you are married out of commercial property, if one spouse is reckless in their business dealings, then the other spouse's property is safe. Then uh, the children don't have to uh, be raised by uh, both people. If one is because Maybe they pay you somebody that if did it, then uh, the other one uh, remains uh, with a liquid as she can be able to provide for the entire family. Sure. Yeah, well, so we... I think people need to be uh, advised uh, correctly in terms of marital regimes and not always believe that. Uh, the show of love is marriage in community property. Mm, mm, mm. That is so, so, so true. But also, I don't know if you're aware of this um, other trend that, that has been happening where people who are genuinely in love decide to go and uh, divorce on paper, but the intention is really not that they wanted to divorce, only so that they can uh, claim um, from pension funds, from the estates, whatever money that they need um to get by what's your take on that um as well uh, what are the legal ramifications of such decisions that a lot of couples um have been finding themselves making uh the intention of the legislature was correct and if you can uh, see the trend grow immediately 
the law change to say the spouses can claim uh, the other spouse uh, or each other's pension immediately after divorce. Mm. Uh, when it was to wait up until the other one's uh, pension expires or they go on pension or they retire, uh, they were not uh, uh, so many methods uh, of But now people agree to divorce because they are broke. They just want to make, yes. uh, to get uh, each other's house so that they can uh, be afloat. Uh, really, I don't know how. It, it, these are uh, a, a matter of serious concern because some can see that this is happening, but you don't have evidence to can uh, support what your your suspicions. But uh, this is now overbidding our court rules and even the service providers who are giving services for free are seeing a floodgate of uh, divorce matters. Mm-hmm. And there is no law that because there's no law saying if you divorce today, you cannot remarry. remarry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can yeah. remarry tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody Amen. can stop you. So now you see people uh, uh, marching to the divorce court uh, and in hand yeah. to their final determination. Yeah. The cases. No, and yeah. they leave court and in hand. So you wonder yeah. what is it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it could result in extreme, I'll put a proviso, it could result in real extreme poverty uh, in in, in yeah. old age because you know you put away maybe five mm. rand today but in yeah, 20 years that five rand they are yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. now yeah. but forgetting about uh, later, later on and later. Yeah, but I mean, people do about it i just want to ask you do you think that the south african culture um i don't say the specific i'm just a broad south african way of of doing things um of actually going to, you know, in, in many countries, people go to an attorney or go to a legal practitioner prior to getting married. And the only reason they do that is to try and find out what works out best for them. Mm. Is that growing in South Africa or do we still need to educate people about that? I'm just touching on your, matrimonial your, your you know, the, the, the comment that you made before about how you can get married in and out and blah, blah. Do you think that South Africans know enough or consulting enough prior to marriage? Uh, to be able to be informed? Do they know that they should consult prior to marriage? Uh, unfortunately, in my uh, entire career experience as an admitted attorney, which creates for more than 18 years now, I haven't consulted with a person prior to their uh, marriage, but all those I've consulted with uh, when they are in trouble now they want to divorce. Mm, mm, I don't mm. know. I can generalize and say it's not happening in other sectors. Things have been uh, now almost 12 years uh, in the public service, having left my private practice. I don't know whether in private practice it happens, mm. but I would say uh, it needs to be looked at uh, seriously, and institutions that are responsible have to uh, educate people about, about it. Against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can tell you that it does happen, but it's a certain economic group that it happens to. It doesn't matter whether they're black or white, or but it's a sort of middle class, upper middle class group that, yes, they will consult uh, very quickly, but it's a very, very uncommon in my experience as well, which yeah, is tragic and- because you live with the consequences at divorce, not, not when things are good and happy and lovey. Yeah, as I've already indicated, I've been 12 years dealing with the indigent. 
Yeah. Well, you we would. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I mean, but the work that is done there is, is extremely important. Uh, we wouldn't have a lot mm, of people, uh, mm. uh, you know, wouldn't be able to access legal services without your assistance. True. We would like to thank you very much uh, for your time tonight and uh, all of the insights that you've given us. Um, we appreciate it, even though on the universal partnership, the existence of I, you don't I'm, sti- I, I'm still, <laughs> I get out. I'm not there, but uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> At least you've given people uh, some reasons why they shouldn't uh, they get should married. Exist, <laughs> you know why universal partnership should exist. Thank you very much. Uh. Oh my goodness, Sapo, you just had to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the universal partnership. I'm just I'm, maybe because I'm an old man and I'm old and fashioned, and I'm not an old man, but I'm old fashioned. It's just something where I can I I, I can accept it existing where the universal partnership or the relationship is ended by death mm. yes but where the parties have split up and uh, they haven't gotten married i i'm I, it's just it's just ooh. you don't feel comfortable you know, because it. you can walk down to home affairs and get married it takes you two minutes <laughs> it takes you no well there's home affairs so it takes you the whole day but it's not a long process mm. it really isn't a long process to do that and um um, if you don't want to go to the effort of getting married, ah, I'm just uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just uncomfortable. Let's not cheapen marriage. I think when we get back, we'll just round up our conversation this evening after this. Law Focus is produced by the Vits Radio Academy. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Welcome back to Law Focus. It is 48 minutes after 7 and you are listening to Tapo and Millicent right here on Vibe M88.1. So I think we had a very interesting conversation with Mr. Mahadeng Khatele from Legal Aid uh, talking about yeah, marriage and the conversation shifted also into what we call universal partnerships, which is not your legal kind of marriage, marriage yeah. but it really does have the same kind of benefits, particularly when it dissolves. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So when when someone dies or when when it's terminated, nowadays yeah. lawyers actually really deal with those kind of issues. Yeah. Um, we might not everyone sees eye to eye about it, uh, but yeah. we can see maybe why it might be important sometimes to have it. But hang on, just just to make the quick distinction there is that yeah. you know the other marri- the other relationships, you know, the, the three marriages that you get, civil either union customary or, or civil yeah. union or civil marriage, um, they're all ended by divorce. A, a, a universal partnership uh, you you can't speak of a divorce as such mm. it's when the, the relationship ends and then you approach the court and say but what I want here is you or the court to recognize that what we had was a universal partnership and therefore I'm entitled to XYZ so, so it's an that. extremely cumbersome uh, manner of establishing your right yeah. to something um, and it can be very expensive as well so uh, let's not equate them too quickly mm. just make that slight distinction mm. and about that um, so I'm in a relationship I've been living with this person for the past 15 years mm. and now the relationship comes to an end we bought a house together we bought mm. uh, other different types of assets together yeah. how does the court then divide these assets is it Selling the house, selling these properties so that we share the money in half, something of the sort. How does it actually work? Yeah. Listen, if you bought the house together, then it doesn't really matter because it's registered in both of your names. You're both your co-purchasers. So it would be registered at the deeds office in both of your names anyway. So you'd be co-owners. 
Of um, course, though, yeah. living together would not be... So it's, it's neither here nor there yeah. whether you live together. Yeah. What might be of more interest would be when one party buys the house in their own name uh, while in this relationship. And then you have a domestic, uh, uh, not a domestic, uh, universal partnership. Mm. It's in those instances that normally you're now going to have a dispute about well, who's, who owns who what. Who owns what. And um, who or uh, what. Now... What you do is you establish that we are in a marriage-type relationship. We have an either tacit or an explicit agreement to support one another, you know. And then your behavior over the um, over the course of the relationship must be in accordance with um, that desire to have a universal partner. So if you guys are sharing household expenses, um, you have joint bank accounts. Not you don't have to, but. That's an example, having joint bank accounts, municipal expenses, um, uh, making investments in, in each, you know, uh, to each other's mutual benefit, etc. So having the other party as your beneficiary on documents and so on. Those would all indicate that actually, hey, yo, we intention. have something more than a casual relationship yeah. which we are not interested in. We do perhaps have a universal partner. Mm-hmm. So that would be the situation. Yeah. But it should be distinguished from you owning the house outright. Yeah. You could appoint somebody to liquidate it as well, you know, to say, but if the court says, yeah, there's a universal partnership, this person actually owns portion of the house, you need to pay them X amounts, and then the court yeah. can decide that. Because I guess my fear was also that, can you imagine, when you get into a relationship, no one really likes signs an agreement, who would say, okay, we're moving in together, our intention is, you know, so you could imagine how difficult it would be uh, to, to have that in paper, so that when mm. it does terminate, then you've got this kind of evidence that you can prove as your, you know, you having had that intention of being in a serious, serious, serious kind of domestic relationship, yeah. no one ever does that. Uh, to be quite honest, so those yeah, but that's something like that should uh, sh- should really change in our country. The what? The idea that um, um, you can't separate romance from marriage, uh, because marriage is something that is a uh, is, is 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 a transaction which has uh, patrimonial consequences uh, for you for the rest of your life. Um, um, you 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 are tied in with this person financially, of course, mm. emotionally, but, and you got to be able to talk about those mm. things. Mm. We are not shy to talk about the fact that uh, my 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 fiance, if you've got a drinking problem, I mean, I got to sit the fiance down and say, but hang on, you know, what's going on with you? You know, if if, if uh, or, or if they have a spending habit which is just not in alignment with what I believe in, you got to be able to have that conversation and say, but. This way of spending is just not for me. I don't know. I love you. I, I, re- I love you, but I'm not going to be dragged into your debt. <laughs> Perhaps we should consider um, uh, a marriage out of community of property and excluding the accrual. Or it could be very practical. You could be involved with someone who's a professional person, maybe an accountant or a, who needs to have uh, personal liability and to protect the other one from any mistakes that they might make in business. You might get married Definitely. out of community Definitely. or have that universal partnership that you want. Them. Yeah. <laughs> the one that you're not Hey, I'm not I Really, <laughs> really I know <laughs> No But we hope that if, uh, For you who was listening this evening We managed to Kind of cover some of the things That you are interested in Whether or not you are married If you are interested in married, marriage Or you are going to go The option of the universal partnership Either way All of us are protected under the South African law. And uh, Mr. Mahatian Khapele from Legal Aid South Africa is the one who joined us this evening, giving us, uh, contributing to our conversation. And he gave us, uh, I think, a very good uh, way of looking and analyzing uh, these legal issues.
note also that we do have podcasts that are available for all our shows. Vits.journalism hash law. So that's where you can find all our slash law. So vits.journalism slash law. That's where you can find all our shows. This one uh, in due time, it will be up and all the other shows that we have ever had. It will help you even for those of you who are studying law and sometimes you need to do research. Take take time to, to listen to those conversations. Yeah, but don't forget to study, hey? Of course. No, that is part of studying. It is part of studying. It is part of studying. <laughs> and up next, we're going to have the voice of hip-hop with, you know, Cesar the MC, DLXL, as well as Celeste King. And this evening, from our producer, Simba Honde, our technical producer, Kutlano Sirame, our law-focused researcher, Sisetu Zingelwa, Nao Kamamate, Sikhe Monama, Sipati Makafani, Tsepo Mohapi, and of course myself, Melissa Tindueni, thank you for tuning into Law Focus tonight. Good, Good night. night. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Law Focus podcast is also available on iTunes. Search Law Focus.